Hi, I'm your host, Matt Stauffer, and this is episode 71 of the 5-Minute Geek Show, a normally twice-weekly, but not right now, show about development and everything around it. It's one topic per episode about front-end, back-end, mobile, project management, design, entrepreneurship, whatever. If it's geeky, it fits. And the reason I said that is because I'm in the last couple months of finishing writing my book, which is Laravel Up and Running, uh, laravelupandrunning.com, and I'm a little behind. Uh, and so I really kind of need to push down on just getting stuff done in all the free time I have. So I'm actually going to... Um, update the show to be once a week just for the next couple months and we'll go back to uh, twice weekly. Uh, So today we're going to be talking about a requested topic. Um, I had a request from Josh Justice uh, to talk about pull requests and the, what the workflow is that we use at Titan for pull requests. So a few, uh, actually, first of all, if you're not familiar with pull requests, the idea is you're working in some kind of concept in our world. It's going to be Git um, and it's going to be hosted by, by a website called GitHub. And you're working, what they do is they they save all your code in something we call version control, which basically means um, all of your code lives in... If you've ever used Dropbox before where it has like the history of your files, you know, and you could share some of them with somebody else and you can see all the changes you've made to your files. Imagine doing that to code. Um, and so one of the things you could do with pull requests or with with uh, version control and sites like GitHub is you push all that code in the history of that code up to some central website and then other people can pull it down. So all the developers in the Titan team um, have copies and almost the same copies of code. And what they're doing is basically making small modifications and putting those, pushing those modifications up and then pulling down other people's small modifications and that basically ends up merging them all together. So um, a pull request is an idea when one person says, I don't want to just automatically push my changes up. I want to push up a suggestion of some changes and then see if everybody else likes those ideas. And it's an opportunity for other people to review your code before it gets merged into the primary code base. Um, And it also is an opportunity for uh, people to give feedback on your progress as you go or feature requests or whatever else. Um, So it's a collaborative tool for teams to do some sort of work or input or conversation prior to to code actually making it into the trunk or the master, the primary piece of your your code base in the the version control. So... um, Normally, on the average non-version controlled um, type code base, someone writes their code, maybe somebody else reviews it, maybe they don't, and then they just merge it in. That's just it. They just push it into the master and it's there and hopefully don't screw up. Um, Code review and pair programming are tools that allow it to ensure that there are more than one set of eyes have seen a particular piece of code. And so what we decided to do a couple of years ago at Titan is I just said, you know what, this isn't working where, you know, someone can merge code and nobody else has seen it. And that's just kind of weird. So I I instituted a policy um, of no code can get merged to any of our repositories except for by pull request. And I will say in two years, that almost always has been the case. Now, there's a few times when we don't do that. I'll talk about them really quick and then talk about why this is great. Um, One is because we'll bring in a new contractor and they won't know this rule and I'll forget to communicate it to them and they'll merge to master. That's fine. Um, And then the other one is when one of the owners is hacking on something and uh, just kind of goes all cowboy and decides to do stuff on their own. I, I won't name which of the owners that might be, um, but I will mention that it's not Dan. So one of the owners of Titan that's not Dan will just go all crazy and willy-nilly and just commit code straight to master like a crazy person and most likely break something and realize that there's a reason there's the pull request rule for everybody else in and they should apply to him as well. So um, the essentially what happens is every single time you finish a feature, the smaller the better, um, you push up a pull request, you push up that code to GitHub, you make a pull request and you name what the thing you're doing is. And it makes you keep your code small, hopefully. It makes you keep your code in a way that's readable and understandable by other people. 
even other people who aren't actively involved in this project. And it makes you come up with a, like a description of what are you actually doing here? You can't make a pull request that's just like fix some stuff. Well, you can, but it's going to annoy other people and yourself later. So you got to make a pull request that says add this feature or fix this bug or you know make at least make progress. You might even say lay the framework for a feature. And then another pull request might be actually finish the feature if that's what you end up having to do. So you describe it in such a way that is as effective as possible at helping the other people who are going to be reviewing it understand what it's supposed to do, why that code is there, um, and you know what they're actually going to benefit from it. Um, and it, you, if you've been listening to the 5 Minute Geek Show for a long time, you see I've actually had an episode a long time ago about um, uh, doing good pull requests to open source. And all these things apply here. Just because somebody's working on the same project as you or works in the same company as you doesn't mean that it doesn't help them for you to describe the functionality and the purpose of your pull request as much as possible. So we will often, we want descriptive titles. We would often like a couple paragraphs of text talking about what it is that it's doing. Um, We really like it when someone does an animated GIF uh, that they've created, like using something like LiceCap showing how the actual functionality behaves. Um, and if there's particular reasons why there's code in there that you know someone's going to say, well, why that is that there? Often someone will make the pull request, and before they even assign it to somebody else, they'll go through and leave some comments saying, oh, well, you might take issue with this. Here's why it's here or something like that. So basically, it's in your brain. You're focused on this more than anybody else. Do the job of making it as easy as possible for somebody else to review it. And we've heard of other companies that have automated processes or Slack bots or whatever else that, that do a rolling assignment to figure out who the reviewer is. For us, it tends to be if there's somebody else in the project, they should review it. If there's nobody else in the project, ask somebody to review it, whether it's based on their availability, their seniority, or whatever else, or maybe their um, knowledge in the particular subject that you're working on. Um, and also, uh, Dan will usually read kind of at least skim every pull request that the entire company gets. And I will tend to do at least a rudimentary code review on every pull request the company gets. We can't do that all the time, but we, we're pretty close to that. Um, and we'll pay more attention, um, or I'll pay more attention when I know it's a single developer on their own, um, or something new, or somebody who's new to the, the company or something like that. And I'll pay less attention, I'll skim more when it's you know a really established workflow, or somebody has a you know really good relationship with the code base, or when somebody pair programmed, or one of the other developers has already uh, merged it. And if if there's two developers or more working on a project and they um, review each other's code, there's no requirement that they wait for you know me to review it or anything like that. Um, I do sometimes anyway, but there's no requirement. And also, um, if you're if there's ever an emergency hotfix or patch or something like that, or somebody who's just been on the same project for you know months and they just know it better than anybody else. Um, we still ask that they do a pull request in that context, but sometimes it's a pull request that you open and you name it well and you describe it and then you just merge it yourself. So even if it's something like that where it's a hot fix where you just got to fix it really quickly or where you're really the only person who understands how it works and there's really no benefit to somebody else reviewing it, we still ask you to do a pull request just because it gives you this history of, um, like if you look at commits and Git, it's just, they're so granular um, that it's hard to really get like a high level understanding of the features that were implemented or the bugs that were fixed or whatever else. So if you use pull requests it's a much higher level kind of like milestone type view of oh here are the things we did and you can look at how the changes relate to each other and you can go back six months in history or whatever or later and say oh there was a pull request on june 2nd 2015 that did this and here's the files that changed so we have a much better understanding and history of just kind of what's gone on in the project it has worked really well for us. I don't think there's ever been a time where I've been unhappy that we made this decision. Um, and I'm sure there's other people who've written about this. Um, we just kind of came to it on our own. I was just in a place where I said, you know what, we should be using protocols for everything. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, if you've seen links to people talking about that, whether it's videos or posts, or if you do it and you have any tips to share, uh, Go to um, the show notes. It's going to be uh, 5 minutekeyshowcom slash 72, I think is how the show notes URLs work. 
I hope. If not, just go to 5MinuteGeekShow.com and you'll find it there. Um, so that's it. Thanks for listening to the 5-Minute Geek Show. We're at 5-Minute Geek Show on Twitter, number 5, 5MinuteGeekShow.com, F-I-V-E, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes or via RSS. If you like the show, it'd be amazing if you share it with your friends, rate it on iTunes, or make a pull request to your favorite open source repo talking about how great 5-Minute Geek Show is. Maybe that wouldn't go over so well, but it's just kind of fun to think of people doing that. Um, thanks until next time. Matt Style for 5-Minute Geek Show. You ready? Okay, can you say 5-Minute Geek Show? 5-Minute Geek Show. Say, see you later. See you later, sweet potato.